I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. <laughs> Welcome back to the Thunder Rooster Podcast, or if this is your first time, my name is Ron. And I'm Paul. And we are going to be talking about something very fun today. But (laughs) first, I have to explain a little something. See, we started trying out this new little thing where we are, you know, experimenting with rolling the dice to choose our next topic for the next podcast. Mm -hmm. And that just wasn't working out very well. <laughs> I mistakenly done this twice now. The first episode, some reason in my mind, I thought it landed on Paul's pick the, the episode before, which it didn't. He just happened to pick the one that was completely off air here. And then last <laughs> week, he rolled. I thought it landed on music. It was a movie. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to have to take the heat for that. That's my bad. <laughs> But we are going with a movie today. What is that movie? We are going to discuss the comedy cult classic, Office Space. Yes, it is. (laughs) Definitely. It's a great movie, and it just kind of, I think it touches your soul. I think it touched my soul. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But um, it's one of these movies that I personally think that a lot of us can relate to. Uh, within day-to-day life. Uh, it is a comedy uh, for the people that do know or don't know. Um, there are a good amount of people in this movie, a lot of really good actors. Um, but basically, just to kind of give a brief premise, without giving it away, I know probably most of you have seen this. If not, we'll just kind of keep it that way. But Excuse me. Exactly. Did you finish that off? Nope, not yet. All right, we'll finish it now. Um, but anyway... <laughs> All the way down. There it is. <laughs> That's my man. Okay. It'll be hurting in the morning. But anyway. Um, but you kind of you kind of generalize yourself with these characters. This movie is kind of in a nutshell. A lot of us go to work. We don't like going to work. Or for that matter, we don't like doing the work that we do. And at least at some point in everyone's lives, they've kind of reached that point. Um, and this, and this movie celebrates that it, it kind of makes you feel for these characters. It makes you kind of feel what either you're happening in your day-to-day life at your job, or maybe it was sometime long ago. Yeah, I definitely. Um, I think this movie ultimately kind of puts things into perspective. Absolutely. I and couldn't, it's a hard check, a hard <laughs> check <laughs> for sure. So, I mean, but basically, you know, you have a, a couple guys, that are friends that are working at a computer programming software company and uh, in a tech in a tech. Yes. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> and, and hands off by the way. Okay. We'll get to that. I'm shortly too. So the characters working in this job and basically what we're going to do is, so the cast, which I just mentioned a second ago. So, 
The lead character is uh, Peter Givens. It's played by Ron Livingston. Mm-hmm. He's been in a lot of other successful things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, always, I always kind of go back to this movie because it's always the one that I always enjoyed the most with his performance. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you got Jennifer Aniston. She's in this as well. Uh, she plays the love interest. Her name is Joanne. And then we meet Peter's friends, which we have uh, Michael Bolton. <laughs> yeah! Michael Bolton uh, and his uh, friend Samir. And then there's his neighbor, uh, Pete's neighbor, uh, Lawrence, who <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely get to get in some, some conversation about this. Uh, that guy was my favorite. Definitely funny. <laughs> um, and then there's a gentleman who's pretty much a very, very important player in the movie, and his name's Milton Waddams. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to one something here. Uh, and then we have Gary Cole. He's been in uh, Talladega, Nights. Talladega Nights. He plays Mr. Bill Lumberg. He's the the boss of uh, the employees at Inatech. Mm-hmm. Uh, been in, uh, I think, the Brady. He was Bush also well. Dodgeball, right? Dodgeball too. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Uh, and then we have uh, we have John C. McGinley, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of you people might know about him because he was in Scrubs. Yep. Um, absolutely fantastic show. And he's, he's also in Point Break. Point Break, and yeah. Platoon. Platoon, one of my yep. That uh, guy that guy's a star, that's for sure. He was the star. I, I feel like he's an underrated actor, but at the same time I can't say he's underrated per se True. because I feel like he gets the respect he deserves. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. And then we have his other uh partner in the movie, partner in crime, uh, which would be Paul Wilson, and he uh he plays one of the Bobs. Mm-hmm. So But before we go even further than that. Let's go how this actually came about, first and foremost. So Mike Judge was the producer and director mm-hmm. of this movie, and he was very famous for other things that he was involved with. He created Beavis and Butthead. Mm-hmm. Uh, he created King of the Hill. Right. And before and prior to mm-hmm. this movie, uh, he had only done uh, one movie before that, and that was actually Beavis and Butthead That's to America. <laughs> And so this is his first like directorial live action yeah. feature. I would with, say. Yeah, with like with real live actors and not you know a, not a cartoon. Or... As well as this was also like Ron Livingston's first shot at a leading role. Yep. So this was a this was a pretty big movie to him for sure. And they had um, they had you know Mike Judge one of the specific people. You know he got um, Blumberg. You know that was that was an easy one for him to pick that guy. And they kind of had some stuff kind of thrown at them because the studio actually wanted Matt Damon to play uh, Peter's character. You know, the more more I think about it after we discussed it, Uh I could see it. Yeah. I I mean, Matt Damon could totally do it. Yeah. But as well as uh, his neighbor, Lawrence, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson also auditioned (laughs) for that. Could you imagine that? It's another one of those casting things where it's like, I know they could do it, and I know they'd be great at it. Right. But this guy did such a great job at Lawrence. I was going to say, if you look back at it now, do you think that they would have been able to to make it better? I don't know. Uh, Vince Vaughn. I think Vince Vaughn would give a run for his money, but... I think all of them would. Yeah. In some way, but... I don't see... I don't really see Owen Wilson. I think Owen Wilson would probably have taken it a different direction. Yes. Like, I know uh, Lawrence, you know, the guy... What was his name again? Oh, uh, who played Lawrence from uh, Drew Carey show? Yeah. Diedrich uh, Batter. Diedrich. Uh, yeah, I think he was actually the one who suggested that he'd like 
have a mullet and stuff like that. So. <laughs> oh no, that's right. His his inspiration behind the character uh, was for his fascination for the Almond Brothers. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so when you see the mullet and the the Fu Man mustache, I mean, it kind of makes sense the a little Fu bit. Man, the Fu Man, yeah. But even go back a little deeper as far as what we're going with the story. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want to go over it, as as far as what what created this movie. Oh yeah. So this was actually. Uh, this was Mike Judge's first, uh, I, I guess, maybe attempt, but it was mm-hmm. his first ever animated short, and mm-hmm. it was called Milton. That's what this movie is based off of. And I think it's it's not very long. I, I think it's under five minutes. Yeah. Maybe it's like eight minutes. It's, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember. But essentially what inspired this little short was he had an engineering job. <laughs> beforehand and it was a co-worker who inspired the milton character so which really puts it full circle i mean you really get an understanding now of like okay this is where we're at with this yeah which is funny because in reality in the movie milton is a he's an invisible nuisance you know he is a guy that you don't really want to talk to but he's there and you have to kind of put up with him because he's another human in on in this world you know but at the end of the you kind of like he's kind of the hero yeah <laughs> and, and, kind of, and kind of the villain at the same time right especially the fact that we wouldn't have this movie if it wasn't for the milton character right so there would have been nothing so at, at the point in time, so this actually, I tried actually finding the clip and I can't find it. Yeah. Like, I think it's. Uh, I know, will find a little snippet we'll of it. We'll find something, least, but it's. And I will put it here. A lot of a lot of the streaming services, you know, they're they're putting their shows under lock and key now. So I, I understand, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, so this aired on Saturday Night Live and at one point on MTV it was on Liquid Television. And I, I very rarely remember seeing a little bit of it. And, it, you know, truthfully, I wasn't really that impressed. I mean, it was a real short, just a short skit. I mean, there was really not much super personality involved with Milton's character. You know, sometimes that, that's all that takes. Because, oh, of course. I mean, no, 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 have I mean. you seen what South Park and even Family Guy, their first renditions of it? Other than like their first seasons, no, yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about like, like in this case of the short, the it's just a little the pilot or something. Yeah, pre-developed yeah. type. Thing. I actually haven't. Uh, I've got to show you that. That's yeah, pretty please. interesting. If not, uh, I'm not going to put it in this episode because I'm sure that those are at least something we'll touch on later, mm-hmm. later on maybe. But uh, yeah, they don't look anything like they do now. No, I mean, no. South Park kind of because there's just a certain animation that they went with, but definitely on Family Guy, things were a little different. Right, right. But yeah. But yeah, so the the movie was just, it was based off of this and, you know, it's it's just become a, it's been a cult following. I mean, it, this is just one of these, this is a slapstick comedy in my opinion. I mean, it's just, you know, several things that actually come about and we'll get to this, but, you know, we still want to touch base on these characters uh, as far as what we can do. Right. Like I said, Milton, we'll, we'll come back to him, but I want to go to Peter. Peter. So Peter is is the main character of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, we see through his eyes, and he's just, he's someone that just come across where he just, he wants to be happy in life, you know? And he's not, he's not happy where he is. 
Right. It's period. And honestly, in the movie, it doesn't necessarily mean he, like, you can't tell that he wants to be happy at first. He's, <laughs> he's just going through the motions like I'm sure everybody can relate to. Getting up, going there nine to five. If you have those days where you just don't want to go in, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's. It comes to, it, it takes him, you know, finally, you know, like he said at the beginning of the movie, how he kind of had to talk himself into walking <laughs> through the doors of work and <laughs> shocked himself when he opened the door. It was like a telltale sign. You know, it's the world don't go trying in, to tell go you. Go home. Right. <laughs> at this point, that's your wake up call. Garbage exactly. telling you to leave. Um, but yeah, so we kind of take, we, we go through this journey with him and, and it's, he's not happy. He's, he's going to work. He's, he's getting grilled out by all his bosses and it's like, something's got to give, you know, his, he's got a relationship with his girlfriend and, and things kind of seem tense on that nature where mm. it just doesn't seem like it's going the right direction for him. Um, so really what he ends up wanting to do is he wants to, you know, he wants to sit down and, and get some help. So he goes to a doctor um, that him and his girlfriend agreed upon. And he was like, look, I, every day I wake up is the worst day of my life. And that doctor's like, that's messed up. Oh, the hypnotist. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, like go- he said, doctor. And I was like, did he go to the, the doctor before? Yeah. No, no, but you know, and it's like, wow, <laughs> that's messed up. And it's like, you know, what can you do to help me out? You know, right. like wh- where can we get with this? And then in theory, you know, I don't want to give any more about that, but, um, he he gets a change in life, obviously, with mm. what happens at this encounter. Um, the change of life happens too because he he died, basically. Yeah. You know, I know you say you don't want to give it away. I but mean, we can. It's, you you kind of have to at this point. <laughs> like I said, the the movie turns twenty one years old in February. I so. know, it's so crazy. <laughs> but yeah, the dude dies halfway be, of of Peter getting hypnotized, so he's in this trance null and void state of relaxation where he just basically has no worries and is carefree so he leaves the place like he doesn't react to him dying or nothing he's no because he because there's a countdown and as he's counting down to for him to come out of the spell he gets a one he's and he dies yeah yeah so then from that here on out he goes home and he's a brand new man he's got nothing to worry about no this, care in the world. This is twice fate has intervened in this movie. I think so. You know, the shocking of the door. <laughs> the hypnotist that's trying to fix him dies. Dies, right. <laughs> and actually fixes him. <laughs> well, maybe. That's <laughs> Right. But he's he's just, he's a guy, he's he's searching for something better in his life. Mm-hmm. And, and then he eventually uh, meets uh, Jennifer Anson, mm-hmm. who uh, her character is Joanna. Joanna. And, uh, and it's just over him so uh peter is his co-worker mike and samir they go and they go to a restaurant to have some coffee <laughs> <laughs> then then we're met with uh he's he's a small character but it, he he makes my heart smile a little bit this yeah. guy um <laughs> it's, I, i'm trying to think. his name's drew uh drew pitts uh, and he plays uh plays a kind of a creepy waiter he's really upbeat he's just too happy and I don't trust those people. No, and and just it was like one of these things where he's you know trying to egg these guys on. They don't want to deal with him, but uh, Peter actually ends up uh, seeing Joanna and actually ask her out to lunch just on the fly. Right, he don't care. So they actually kind of sprout kind of an interest in a romance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as the kung fu thing, they're real big fans of that kind of thing. Uh, but he generally falls in love with her. You know, finds her to be one of the best 
parts of his life. And then, mm-hmm. you know, things kind of go on the on the up and up. It's amazing how they kind of parallel each other in their yes. jobs and how their right. life is going. You know, and it's like, you know, he's not happy with his job. She's not happy with her job. And then over time, when these two get more closer and connect, he starts rubbing off on her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but let's go a little further. I mean, there's other things that'll tie into that. Uh, then there's Mike Bolton. <laughs> Michael Bolton. Yep. Uh, not the singer. Not, not the singer guy. Um, David Herman's character. It's it's quite it's quite comical because uh, the funny thing is is that he actually uh, the Mike Bolton character actually reminds me of someone I was friends with in high school. Really, that was very similar. Like he he was real into rap music and mm. you know just just being a cool dude all the time, you know, and <laughs> and, and whatnot. But uh, I love the part where he's listening to gangster <laughs> rap in his car with his window down, blasting on the radio, right. and then you see. A car that has an African American man pull up next to him, and he's like rolling the window up, turning the music down. He stops singing along. Right? It's like how contradictory can you be? I mean, he's got a he's got a Snoop Dogg poster at his desk. I mean, it's hilarious. But the comic relief that he provides, and and he's just he's another guy who's just he's just on the straight and narrow. He's mm-hmm. just like, look, I I like my job. I don't want to complain about anything. Like whatever we're hearing like inside rumors of the company i'm not going to believe it everything's I think, cool i think uh we're going to take a break and i'm going to show a little uh little clip of uh this guy controlling his anger at first <laughs> <laughs> one of the exercises that you're supposed to figure out what you would want to do if pc load letter what the fuck does that mean All right, what do we think of uh, Michael Bolton there? Well, uh, he's gonna have he's gonna have another revenge again. Just holding it in, and uh, yeah, I like it. He's my bud. <laughs> so yeah, moving along. Um, so then there's Samir, mm-hmm. and Samir is another funny character, very 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 interesting guy in this movie. Mm. Um, another partner in crime with Pete and Mike. And, and he's kind of in the same, in the same realm. He, you know, he's looking, he just wants to, he just wants to have a job. Basically, he just wants consistency. He wants to build a foundation. I mean, he I just. Think, I think mostly like in the, in the film is kind of going for that kind of like that, I guess you would say like an immigrant attitude. Yeah. Of like. We just want we just want to be here and yeah work, you know he's like I'm in America I want to land a prosper like I want to make something myself he's mm-hmm. got such a good attitude in this movie like mm-hmm. I just I really like this guy overall right. his his comedy delivery and everything but um yeah so he's he's just another one of the guys in there where he's he's kind of struggling with the same thing but you know he's just like hey I'm just gonna do what I do so I can go home right. and, and redo it again. And I just, I, I admire him, for, you know, because there's, there's people that go to jobs every day, whether they like them or not, mm-hmm. you know, put one foot in front of the other, put your head down and just grind. And and he, he shows that. Yeah. So I highly respect him for that. Oh, for um, sure. And there's more, that obviously we could talk about, but, you know, we keep it consistent, but we'll move on to Lawrence. Lawrence is definitely, definitely one of the funniest people in this movie. He is my favorite in the movie. Absolutely. Um, anything from, well, I mean, the mullet. I mean, but he plays, uh, he's Peter Gibbons' neighbor. And All right, let's, let me stop here. 
I don't think you're respecting this character enough. Fucking A. This guy's the most grounded person there. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> of everyone in this movie, yeah, he's just... <laughs> he's one of those guys. He's out there, but he is just honest, and you know he just wants the best for people. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Just wholehearted guy. He's a construction guy. Um, but most of the times, Pete comes home. They have conversations through the wall. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> oh, to have a shitty job, and on top of that, come to a place where you could just hear everything. It's like you just want to go home and just you either you had a good day or bad day. Maybe you don't want to be bothered. I hate a part. Literally, he's like, "Hey, why don't you come over here and watch some TV?" Mm-hmm. It's like Lawrence, can't you just come over and talk like normal people? Right. <laughs> you know, he just like, "Hey, bro, just hey, knock on the wall. Just, Let's go. Just come over. We don't talk to me through the wall anymore." <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's got a lot of insight um, as far as. You know what's going on with Pete's life. They go have a couple beers, and he's like, you know, he's just not feeling like going to work. Pete does not want to go to work. Right. And he's like, I got a genius idea for you. He goes, set your. Or, I'm trying to remember what he said. I don't want to screw this up. Here, I'll insert it right here. When a boss wants you to work on Saturday, he generally asks you at the end of the day, right? Yeah. So all you got to do is avoid him. That's all right. I've got it. On the last few hours on Friday, duck out early. Turn off your answering machine. You should be home free, man. That's a really good idea. Fucking A, man. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a bitch. (laughs) I'll drink to that. Yeah, I I hope you do. (laughs) But yeah. Um, And then he says, you know what? If you just, you know, you do this, you'll be home free. Mm hmm. And how does that turn out? Not so well. Not so well. No. You know, he tried. Pete tried. No. His whole idea was to get in there and just try to get everything done and slip on out. But nope. He gets stopped. And then he gets a double whammy mm. on top of it. Not only did he try to get out of working that Saturday, he got two for the price of one. He gets that Saturday. And because he fucked up, he gets the Sunday, too. Yep. <laughs> so, you're screwed, buddy. Yeah. 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 I'm going to need you to come in on Sunday as right. well. That's what they told you last week. You're like, I ain't having it. Mm-mm. Nope. 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 So, he is, he is actually just really like him. You know, crazy stand-up, just funny. Right. Funny guy altogether. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to Milton Adams. And Milton Adams is the mecca of this movie. Yep. Now, Milton was played by uh, Stephen Root. Mm-hmm. So you guys, Dodgeball, uh, I think it was News Radio as well. Yeah, he also voices Bill on King of the Hill. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I actually forgot about that. Yeah, there's actually quite a bit of people that uh, have woven and weaved and with uh, Mike Judge. Mm-hmm. You know, David Herman played in Idiocracy. Uh Let's see, uh, Gary Cole, Dodgeball, Talladega, right. not Talladega Nights, but uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, a lot yeah, of characters, a lot of, a lot of good that stuff. probably got called back because oh, of, of this work. So of course, yeah. But Milton, as far as his character development, like Ron had said earlier, he's just he was one one of these guys that just you know just really didn't want him there (laughs) i hate to say that they didn't want him there they felt like he was a nuisance but Mm -hmm. you really feel for him because he's just going to work like everyone else he just wants to get a paycheck and he's overlooked all the time 
Everyone kind of passes him by. Nobody gives a damn what he says. And maybe it's partially because of the way he talks. Maybe it's just his actions. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just gets sick and tired of being taken advantage of. You know, one of the scenes in the movie that I'll get to later, but I mean, this was his guy. <laughs> the good old red swing line. Yep. You try to take this, I will hurt you. Right. Okay. Right. Um, but a little interesting fun fact on there I want to see in there. <laughs> Swingline didn't make red staplers at the time. Nope. And actually, uh, I don't know if it was judged directly, mm-hmm. but uh, the crew, I will say, um, actually approached Swingline for like a sponsor for the movie. And they just weren't having <laughs> making a red stapler. They were I mean, like, Nobody, awesome. nobody's going to buy a red, a red stapler, stapler. So they keep it at what? Platinum and black. Black, yeah. That's that's basically it. Well, <laughs> and I got it because of the movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, they were getting calls left and right to see if they made a red stapler, and they didn't. And yeah. actually, what they had done, they took a swing line stapler, spray painted it red. They did that with uh, I want to say five staplers, uh, no, four staplers. One they used in the movie, one they burnt in the movie, and then they had two backups. <laughs> yeah. And actually, uh, uh, the guy who plays uh, Milton, Stephen Root, yeah, he actually took one of the backups. <laughs> Good for him. He deserves yeah. it. Yeah. He freaking I don't think he stole it, but I'm just saying like, sure, he was able to take it. Yeah. Consolation for himself. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's, you know, there's a scene and... Uh, you know, his boss, Bill Lumberg, and the rest of the guys are literally having a conversation. He's just kind of sitting in his cube going, what are they saying? Mm-hmm. And then he just whispers, stapler. And he freaks out. Yeah. He's like, you're not touching this. Yeah, I don't want so you to touch my times. stapler. I don't want you to <laughs> touch my radio. That's it. Yeah. So you just, you see, the, you see this building up. And that's one instance. Then it was, oh, they find out that he hasn't been an employee mm-hmm. for several years and he gets a paycheck. Well, they <laughs> they actually laid him off, but nobody <laughs> told him. And like because that is... of a glitch, he just kept getting a paycheck. Yeah. So he kept showing up to work. <laughs> and, we, and we fixed the glitch. Right. <laughs> so and then obviously at that point, you know, Lumberg wants to continue on and say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to put you in the lower cell block. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're done with being here doing this, I'll have you take care of the rat problem as well. That is the uh, last straw. And hence, that was the last straw. Right. And at that point, it was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do something about this. Yep. Which ends up being, wow, how did that come full circle? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll circle a little bit in a second. But I want to talk about Bill Lumberg now. All right. First off, yeah, you got foremost, you got some words about this guy. Fuck Bill Lumberg <laughs> and everyone like him. <laughs> All right, I got that out. <laughs> yeah, did you get that memo? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have two more people about to send that to me because I don't know if I did it right. <laughs> But yeah, so Bill Lumberg is is the president of this company. Mm-hmm. Um as far as his day to day, he's just he's he's just he's cold. I mean And we can't go without mentioning that uh Lindbergh was the only other 
cast member, I guess you would say, in the short, Milton. Mm-hmm. So that was... A, That's true. That was a very important role to fill for Milton and Lumberg, yeah. Mm-hmm. But everyone, everyone's charismatic. They don't they don't want to be around Lumberg. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, he's just not a very nice boss. He's just this guy that just shows up. He has the power. And, you know, he's obviously on some kind of chemical thing going on. He he shows up kind of half baked, if you will. <laughs> I don't want to say half baked because right, you know, right, yeah. I figured he'd be a little more happy then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just from the way he talks, he just mm-hmm. kind of drags on and like it's like that is just not enthusiastic. I mean, it's just like he's just he's just motioning through his day, like yeah, you know, and just and wreaking havoc on everyone else. Maybe it's a look on what. You know, Peter would have turned into had he if he would stay with the company. Kept that promotion. Kept the promotion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, because obviously everyone was super excited. Uh, Bill Lumberg decided to announce a Hawaiian shirt day on one of the Friday, uh, one of the Friday meetings. Look at the one guy in the back. And the one guy, and you know that there's one person at any place that you work that does that yes person the entire time. And you're like, dude, stop. Right. Like, it's not that exciting. Hey, you're not a fucking bobblehead. <laughs> But, of course, you know, he presents that and everyone's like, yay, Hawaiian shirts. Like, <laughs> thanks. That's going to increase morale. Great. Right. You know, but uh, he's just he's that type of guy and he fits the bill. Absolutely. You know, but we'll, we'll again, we'll circle back. But one of the one of the most entertaining parts of this movie truly is is the interaction with uh, the Bobs, who are basically the auditors who yes. come in, basically meet with you know uh the higher ups of the company obviously to go over reviews you know numbers to see hey are these people pulling through the company or not you know Mm got to make changes and and this duo between these two i mean i don't if i had to sit in an interview with these two i don't think i could hold my stuff together because they kind of remind me of the old guys off of uh the muppets (laughs) yes holy crap i never thought of that (laughs) you know it's like yeah like they're sitting there they're laughing and chuckling and they're doing their job but you know there's like a bunch of knowledge in them you know kind of more of a almost like a constant inside joke mm-hmm. between the two of them right <laughs> and of course you know they they interview you know a couple people and it's and it's the the fear of god right there mm-hmm. um because one of the characters uh tom uh we don't really talk too much about him but he's uh he's in customer service mm-hmm. and basically his job is to provide the TPS reports taken from the customers, bring the engineers. They question him. Well, why? Why do we need to pay you to do that? Why do can't you they just take physically them? take them? Yeah, why don't you just no. sometimes? And then he <laughs> freaks out. I'm a people person. <laughs> but you, you could just tell yeah. like he was not prepared for that, and literally he thought his day was gonna be over, like <laughs> his job was gonna be over. But, but he's he's he uh, he makes out in the end. You almost, know, almost didn't, almost didn't, <laughs> almost didn't. He, he he comes up with he has this great idea uh, that Michael and Samir just can't stand is uh, something that he coined uh, a jump to conclusions, Matt, mm-hmm. because he thought, hey, the guy who made the pet rock, he made a million dollars. I can come up with this stupid idea, right? And it's just basically it looked like a twister, uh, you know, rug type thing, and then he just says, like, yeah, he just has all these different squares and. Uh, you can jump to conclusions. <laughs> and you look at it and you're like, this is the dumbest thing ever. 
I bet you if that was made, all oh, people buy it. Oh, yeah. I don't <laughs> I know if it's too. made. I'm I just sure sit there being an asshole it. and say it. I'm like, I'd be buying it. Yeah. <laughs> First one to do it. Um, but he ends up getting in a car accident and uh, gets a huge settlement, mm-hmm. has a big bash with everybody there, and, and he's loving life now. He wins. Yeah. You know? Seven figures. Seven figures up in there. Um, but then, again, going back to the Bobs, they're sitting here questioning you know, all the employees as far as what they do year to year. But then when Pete gets his interview with the Bobs, it is just, wow. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if, if you could sit there and bullshit your way through something like that and where they believe it. Cause literally he, he just, he told these guys at his review, I don't do anything. I stare at my desk. I maybe work 15 minutes a day. Right. And he goes, but what's the point of me trying to improve? I got no incentive. Right. And some people will argue that they that's how it is in some places. And they go, look, what, you know, the way for me to do better is get paid more. Right. Show my value. And it worked out for him. And then he had to make a choice is that he was going to get promoted mm-hmm. and they were going to lay off his friends. Yep. The Bobs did not like, did not want Michael Bolton <laughs> or Samir. <laughs> so he had to preposition. And that's a hard situation. I don't know how anyone could handle this. If it actually happened to you, especially if you're friends with really close friends with someone. Right. You know, you got to think about that. That moment could happen. But anyway. It's like we work together. Right. I mean. situation. Right. And that would suck. That would, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So basically, you know, they, they come up with a plan to basically eh, borrow, do a little borrowing. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston's character considers it stealing, but it's, right. you know. I mean, technically it is. <laughs> <laughs> so the way they want to plot their revenge is just to basically try to rip up the company with a computer virus. A fraction of a penny rounded up. But that's all you're doing. If you're just taking fractions mm-hmm. and you spread these fractions out over several years. Nobody would know. Just like the, the take Until, a penny. Until, you know, a couple of years later when they develop the software to right? find out. <laughs> or in this case, they were like, oh yeah, this is totally foolproof. They don't even have this technology yet. And... You know, about a quarter of a million dollars is taken out a little more. And it's like, oh, shit. That's another thing that really hard, really hardcore dates this movie is the fact of it's a tech tech company. Yeah. And all the stuff you see, you have answering <laughs> machines, floppy disks. Floppy disks. I mean, still I mean there's DOS on their computers. <laughs> one of the scenes in the movie, which is it's hilarious and it's it's real short. But I mean. They're literally coming up with their master plan on how to, like, escalate the situation. They put a virus on a computer disk. They do an exchange. They upload it in the hard drive. And you think, like, this is Mission Impossible thing mm-hmm. going on. And really, it was two seconds. And they're like, that's it? <laughs> that was I easy. just gave you the disk. You put it in your pocket like you were James Bond. Then you went right over here and loaded it and done. Yep. But then, obviously, it goes, it backfires. And they literally know that they're going to go to prison. <laughs> And then everyone turns on on Peter because at the point, Peter encouraged to do this right. with his friends. And they were like, you know what? I want to have an option where I can better myself. And now they're like, well, we should have never listened to you. Mm-hmm. And you're a bad person, right. Peter. <laughs> bad person. But as we as we go along with that, like I said, going back to Milton, he's the hero, mm-hmm. but he's also the villain. Right. We'll show you a little clip live. We'll be right back. Milton, you know 
would be great. Wait, no. Since you're down here, it would be really great if you could it, just sort of... Take care of the cockroach problem we've been having in here. No, that's really not my job, and I, I haven't received my paycheck this week. For now, why don't you go ahead and get yourself a flashlight and a can of pesticide and crawl down... Bill, we need you upstairs right away. We've got a big problem. Big. Some major glitch in accounting. A lot of money missing. We've got an investigator here. Mm. Excuse me. Excuse me. Okay, but that's the last straw. All right. Yeah. Giggity. Giggity. So, again, with Milton. So... As I said before, he was like, you know, he was, he was, his desk was moved and that was his last straw. Right. And then. Did he threaten to quit on that? Yeah. He was like, I'm just, I'm just going to quit. It's the last straw. Um, so then Peter realizes what he did with the money was a bad move. Yeah. He basically apologizes to Joanne. And says he might be going away for a while, but he realizes to do the right thing is to get back this money yeah. because they thought this was going to be that long drawn out process and was going to help him retire. And it just didn't Michael Bolton put a decimal point in the wrong spot. Right. Genius. And he always does that. Genius engineer. Always does that. <laughs> Can't get that stuff right. Or programmer, I should say. So, so he's got the epiphany. He's like, I got to do the right thing. I got to clear my conscience. So he basically apologizes and hopes one day, you know, him and Joanna can be, you know, can be together, mm-hmm. but he may go away. <laughs> right. So he goes and he delivers the cashier's checks in an envelope, slides it under Bill Lumberg's office door and just thinks that's the end of it. Then there ended up, he comes back the next day to realize that there was a fire started Mm -hmm. (laughs) and every employee of the company is standing outside as the fire is going then at this point we're like wow wait wait did he really set the building on fire Mm -hmm. they kind of pan around in the crowd you see him he's getting a look yeah he's a little and then he starts to walk away (laughs) okay yeah Yeah, i'll pretend i don't you can kind of know what happened. You can even kind of imagine he's kind of mumbling to himself, like, I told you I set this. <laughs> I told you it was the last fucking straw. <laughs> and uh so then Inatech burns to the ground. And uh basically after that happens, you just kind of see like basically at this point, Peter and Lawrence end up working together. Pete gets a job in construction, and basically after the the wreckage. It goes to the scene where he's he's shoveling debris and shoveling this. Yeah, comes across the burnt reds. And he's like, you know, I know someone that might need that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But basically, at that point, you know, he's moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Michael and Samir actually got get jobs at uh, Inatrode, mm-hmm. the competitor of uh, Inatech, right. as far as the software game goes. Uh, and everything's good at that point. But then we want to know, well, what happens to Milton? Milton gets the money. Milton goes out of town. Yes, he does. Milton is living like a king. <laughs> he caused a glitch of his own. He did. 
But we want to sit there and say we want to regard him as the hero for being this person who took all this abuse Mm -hmm. to later be rewarded. But at the same time, his actions kill the company and their jobs. Right. So not only were they laying people off that weren't performing well, his his intuition and his actions caused the whole company to go down. <laughs> and no one says anything about that. It's like, holy shit, you just ruined these people's lives. That, that, that takes the uh, fictional aspect of it. Absolutely. Out. It's too real. No, that's too too real. It's like, you want to feel for him, you feel for him. I'm like, okay, as the building's burning down, I'm like, you ass, you just ruined all these people's lives too. Right. Just so that you could go... You know, have a couple drinks, ask for salt. You don't have salt, they're going to burn the resort down and stick cyanide in your guacamole. Right? I mean, it's just like, holy crap. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just from start to finish, this this is a hilarious movie. And and I'm happy that it's, after all these years, it does get the recognition that it it does as far as a cult classic. And I know people haven't seen it, but there's a handful that do. But it's like, if you've never seen this, I highly recommend you watch this and have a, a hell of a chuckle. I think that's a good segue. And to kind of talk about how it did when it opened up, because it failed in the box yeah. office. It cost $10 million to make, and they didn't get anywhere near that. And uh, I think altogether, I think it grossed maybe $12 million altogether box office-wise. But, I mean... It's it has such a huge cult classic right. following, and I did read that if truthfully Mike Judge would not have actually made or released this movie if it wasn't for the success of uh, oh, I just I just lost it. Uh, I just lost it. <laughs> I just lost it. Uh, get it back. Get what's it back. the movie with the uh, Cameron Diaz and Ben Stiller? Um, oh, something about me. Yes, thank you, thank you. I had to tip my tongue, but yeah, that movie, as I'm reading, like <laughs> that was the segue to get into this comedy world. And um, if that wasn't successful, he was like, "I'm not going to do this." Yeah, that movie's freaking hysterical. Oh, Holy that. crap! We might have to do that one. We might have future to. episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's a future project. Yes, I just um, can't wait to have the thumbnail where she's like slicked her hair up, right? <laughs> that's hair gel ladies and gentlemen (laughs) so yeah definitely uh like i said i enjoyed this uh want to do our pecking order yeah that's that's fine want to take a break real quick yeah let's take a short break we'll be right back i guess i i don't know sometimes i get the feeling like she's cheating on me yeah i get that feeling too man what do you mean by that i don't know man just get that feeling looking at her like she's the type of chick to just all right before we get into this pecking order i kind of want to bring something up mike judge is really good about you know i don't it's kind of hard to say exactly but kind of the average person he can connect with them so much like obviously with this it's so easy to kind of feel what these people are going through he just has a very good way of you know elaborating that Mm -hmm. it's like even with like idiocracy right how much of that are we seeing nowadays (laughs) that will definitely be a future episode and i cannot fucking wait (laughs) but i don't know i just wanted to say that because i I don't know. I I just uh, I think he's definitely one of those creators that it's uh it's definitely a great thing to have him doing his thing. I agree. 
I mean, he's, like I said, you watch this and there's, there's so many different parts of this movie that there's going to be something where someone will completely relate with. Mm -hmm. And that just, that's what I like about his, his vision as far as how he's produced things. I mean, like I said, I'm a big fan of Beavis Mudhead and Mm -hmm. King of the Hill (laughs) watched that for years, of course. So it's highly entertaining. Right. But yeah. All right, let's get into our pecking order. Would you like to go first? No, I'll let you start. All right. Yeah, please do. So, uh, number five, I've got The Glitch. <laughs> so, that that scene in the movie where you find out that Milton was basically laid off and nobody told him kind of reminds me of the communication that uh, a specific job that I'm sure you're familiar with, but uh, <laughs> we... He kind of just hangs in there, and uh, somehow there's a glitch, and he keeps getting a paycheck, (laughs) and then they fix the glitch. And then they don't tell him. Right. And he keeps trying to find out, where's my money? Talk to payroll. Get him to clean. Talk to Bill. Right. (laughs) Gets no answers. Just go to your desk. He'll be here (laughs) soon. Well, yeah, I thought that was was fun, for sure. That was kind of a funny twist in the movie. When you find out that, like, he's not even supposed to be here. No. <laughs> it's a slap in the face. Right. He gets his revenge, though. It's all good. Yeah. What do you got? You're number five. Uh, number five. And, and I actually didn't really touch base about this, and shame on me. Um, but as far as with Joanna's character, she works at a restaurant where they wear flair. Mm-hmm. Like, suspenders, flair, to be creative, unique. So there's a part in the movie where this is kind of like the point where she's just like, I'm done with this job. Yeah, because her boss played my Mike Judge, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Um, awesome. <laughs> he, he's like, he's constantly asking her, hey, do you want to be average or do you want to be someone who's more than average? Mm-hmm. And she, she keeps asking, does this have to do with the flare pieces I'm wearing? He's like, well, yeah, kind of. You know, I kind of want you to wear like maybe 37, you know, like that guy over there. But what's wrong with my 15? Well, I just don't want you to be average. I want you to be unique. <laughs> right. It's like, well, if you wanted 37 pieces of flair, then why didn't you make the minimum 37 pieces of flair? It's like, because I wanted you to try harder. And then she's like, you know what? You can take that. And then she flicks them off yeah. and says, you, you want a piece of flair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shove it. And it's just like, oh, my God. It's so funny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you got a four. Uh, before we get into four, I kind of want to add this because I think it's a funny little factoid because, sure. you know, um, Obviously, you you got a little bit of years on me, so I don't remember this. Maybe you might, but sure. the kind of Chachki's thing was actually kind of derived from TGI Fridays, yeah. and they Correct. did the flare thing. Yep. And because of this movie, <laughs> they stopped doing the flare thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I mean, talk about your stamp of approval. Right. Like, nope. <laughs> Shit, this is embarrassing. Like, thanks. I mean, for a movie that flopped in a box office, you know, they got Swing Line to start making them red staplers, and then they got TGI Friday to get their fucking attitude in check. <laughs> talk about pull. That's serious. <sighs> but That's <yeah>. awesome. <laughs> and num- uh, my number four yeah. was kind of a segue of my number sure. five, which yeah. was the glitch kind of led to what I call... Uh, I'm naming this as the burnout. Yeah. Where Milton Milton gets his revenge. Yeah. You know? And he does. That's kind of self explanatory. <laughs> That's just I, but it's I, but it's crucial. It is 
Right. It's a crucial scene yeah. in the movie. That's why that's why it made it to my list. Absolutely. I don't disagree with you one bit. Right. That's funny. <laughs> uh at four, uh, it's the printer scene. And uh <laughs> and I will attest to this because I've I've had this issue where where I've worked before where I've had a piece of crap printer and there's oh, been yeah. I've ran into days with him. So many times, <laughs> and I have, and there's other coworkers I've worked with. They're like, I would literally just do the same thing. We would just take that out back and have our way with it. But right. they couldn't stand this printer. You know, they they print print their pages, print with their work. It's jamming, and they're like, you know what? We took something while we left. Yeah, and they made it their own. Yeah, they and did. boy, did they make that printer their bitch. Oh, they did. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm showing you that scene right now. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> so that's. That's my four. I mean, always, I always get a good laugh yeah. out of that one. <laughs> just taking your, just take it in. Out on it. Yep. I mean, how many years have they had that pent, pent up aggression toward that machine? <laughs> right. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, my number three is uh, what I call the desk pushover, <laughs> where Peter's at his desk and he's just like, "I want a view." So he just takes a <laughs> drill out, undoes his little cubicle thing, and just pops it over. How Not bad? How badass would that be, though? That's great. That's a perfect like anarchy <laughs> moment at work. Like that's what you want to do. Like I can't tell you how many times I wanted to just pick up a keyboard and smash the monitor <laughs> in front of me. You know, like, like could you imagine you came around and like saw my cube and he's like, "What's he doing?" Oh, he's just making his cube bigger, right? <laughs> and he, you come by me like, "Paul, who's cleaning that up?" Oh, maybe I thought you would run, right? You know, Paul's a little busy right now. <laughs> Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, number three, the stapler. So part of it has to do with that, yeah. But this the one scene that it gets it gets me every time is the conversation between uh, Mr. Bill Lumberg and the associates, and and Milton's not too sure what's going on. He's kind of being cautious, and, and he just mutters the word stapler, and yeah. he just he puts his hand on that, and I'm just like, that's it. You can't take this man's stapler. He did nothing to you. Right. So I just, I die when I see that. Absolutely die. It's all about the little things. All about the little things in life, Ron. Yes. What you got for two? My number two is... Um, I call it space out. It's whenever Peter's having this conversation with the two bobs and he just lays it in Blair lays it on him. You know, it's like, I just show up to work and I space out for about an hour and 15 minutes. Like I can relate to that so much because like, you know, obviously like this is something like I would rather be doing than my regular, like quote unquote nine to five job, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, so there's days at work where I'm just zoned out because I've done things so many times I don't really even have to think about it anymore. So I can completely relate to that, and I would love to have that moment. <laughs> and we I'm sure all of you at home listening or watching yeah. would like to have that moment too. We would. Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> all right. I find this funny. I, I've told him about this scene before. Um so right as right as Peter has been, you know, given given the news about getting promoted and then basically with his promotion, his friends would be losing their job, right. their jobs, if you will. So he does he does the friend thing and he comes over and, you know, I'm going to break it down for you. Like, you know, what if you didn't have a job? And literally after that, they go to a bar 
and, and Mike Bolton just yells out, cock gobblers. Cock gobblers. Cock gobblers. Still to this day, <laughs> don't know why that was even said. Where that came about. <laughs> and I'm like, there were several times in the beginning when I watched this movie several times, like, did he just say what I thought he said? He said cock gobblers. <laughs> I never heard that in my life. Funny. Yeah. What do you get? What do you got? I'll just uh, add something to that. Or it's like, <laughs> you know, the guy, David Herman, you know, when he, he found out that they were trying to make the movie PG-13 and he's just like, no, <laughs> like I am fucking like, there's going to be so many fucks said for me in this character. <laughs> like, he really fought for that. <laughs> so the random cock gobbler on there that doesn't surprise me at all. <sighs> uh, that was awesome. My number one, which, uh. We didn't really talk about this, but yeah, the number one thing is the the million dollar question aspect. Uh, that's one of those things that you know it kind of reveals something about yourself when you're watching this movie. It's like you have to ask yourself that question. Do you want me to ask you that question before you go into it? Sure, why not? What would you do if you had a million dollars? I would be doing this. Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Hands down. I'd be doing this, and I'd take maybe half of that and put it in mutual funds like my friend Samir would <laughs> Smart man. Smart man. <laughs> Smart man. About to get interest on that money. But mainly, yeah. like, not only is it one of those introspective things, but, you know, also, he asked Lawrence this question. <laughs> and what does Lawrence say? Without hesitation, he, not even right that. after, what would you do for a million dollars? Or if you had a million dollars, two chicks at one time. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> I just love the whole right. He that goes whole bit. Yeah, he's like, I'd like you know, I like to do nothing. Peter says, and he goes, well, What would you do? Two chicks, Two chicks at the same, same time. time. <laughs> I figured if I was able to pull up money, I could go ahead and double up on that. Right. Like, and I love how he explains. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you don't have to have money to make that no, happen. It's no, like he for goes, a guy like me, you do. <laughs> he goes through a whole thing about it. Yep. <laughs> So yeah, that that of course was the funny aspect for me for that. But also, you know, you, you learned that, you know, especially with Lawrence, he couldn't reveal that to his coworkers, right. you know, because right. of insecurities and whatnot. But of course. feels comfortable with Lawrence, so he's like, "I do nothing, <laughs> straight up nothing." And of course, that leads to the thing where like he ends up taking a construction job. Yeah, right. And he's like, "You get exercise. Yeah. You're getting paid. You get right. to work outside. Fucking a. You know." tell that to a construction worker and he's like please right, that's nothing he's <laughs> like I don't want to be doing this shit no right <laughs> yeah, oh, what man. do you got at number one alright so number one it's gonna be good I hope it's good and again it may not be good to others but I don't care yeah that's but the pecking order that's way. the pecking order way it is it is so the, the basically the point that just I laugh hysterically every time this happens but there's a pan where, where Peter literally goes into work. And I know that every now and then, every one of us has had this where we like, oh, we just don't want to go today. Every, God help us. I don't want to go today. Every time before I open my <laughs> car door. So so he's literally walking in the entrance of Inatech and he's just, he's having, he's having an epiphany. He's like, do I go inside or do I turn around and go home? <laughs> I got to figure this out right now. And he... He just grabs the handle. As he's about to touch the handle, he gets shocked. 
<laughs> and I'm like, dude, just go home. Like that, that's that's God telling you something. Get the hell out of here. Go home. It's fate. But he gets shocked so bad. I'm like, I've never seen that happen. And I'm like, yep, I could see that. I'd want to leave too at that point. Right. <laughs> but it's great. Great, great. I have to say an honorable mention for me would be the part where Peter is walking down the hallway and Limber <laughs> just stands right in front of me like, listen, we need to talk. He just walks by like just, he's not even there. And he just and he swoops around him. It's like absolutely perfect. It's great because, you know, uh, Ron Livingston was saying in an interview <laughs> I watched that, you know, they did that like eight times trying to get it perfect where it just seemed like he just wasn't there. And it was. <laughs> I mean, he literally just dodges right around him perfectly it's like mm-hmm. he's like yeah um <laughs> yep good talk yeah good talk buddy <laughs> so right but yeah that's great movie another yeah, comedy gem i wonder if we should start giving ratings for our movies do you think do you think there's any value out there for a uh thunder rooster rating system on movies i don't know Fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> I would say probably for me at least, I'm gonna say I would give Office Space a good four stars out of five. I'm giving it five. Yeah, five out of five. Nice little segue into that. Yeah. Uh, if you if you enjoy this podcast, uh, go to Apple Music, leave us a review. We would like five stars, but you gotta earn that shit. Also, we have a shirt that says that, so you can check it out and uh, pick it up if you'd like to support us. But uh, make sure uh, you want to check us out on YouTube, subscribe, like, comment. We definitely want to hear your stories, especially on our paranormal side of things. I'd love to hear any kind of ghost stories you might have. But anyways, definitely send us your ghost stories and any suggestions for future movie ideas for us because we're just definitely open to that. Yeah. But uh, got anything else? No, I think we... uh we took care of business. We fixed the glitch. <laughs> we fixed the glitch. <laughs> All right, everybody, you guys stay safe, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Fire.